I faced the mountain all so high And I do not know what's waiting on the other side But I know enough to know he'll see me through again I'm glad to know it's in the Savior's hands seen me through my darkest days they have dried my tears and helped to guide me on my way so I know he'll safely see me through the fire again I'm glad to know it's in the Savior's hands
when he walks among us all that he does all of his mercy and all of his love if the pen of the writer could write every day even his words could never contain just how I've been blessed warmth in the winter flowers in spring the laughter of summer and the changing of leaves there's food on my table I've got a good place to sleep clothes on my back and shoes on my feet oh I have been
miss the liberty calls all have gave some but some gave it all for me to be blessed and he's my shoulder to lean on when I am down the rock where he leads me when I'm so This whole chapter is full of doctrine and, of course, substitutionary atonement of the Lord Jesus. It talks about the intercessory work of the Lord Jesus Christ interceding on our behalf. And there's a lot of things we could preach about, but I want to pick up reading in uh, verse number 19. It talks about us having access to the Father, by the way, and all that's through and by of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 it said, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Now, there, there's doctrine packed in verse 19 and verse number 20. That, that's talking about the death on the cross. And he provided a way, providing us access into the very holies of holies. Remember, the veil was rent. Uh, from the top to the bottom, it wasn't rent from the bottom to the top. Man might have had something to do with that, but when it was rent from the top to the bottom, that let us knew or let us know that man didn't have anything to do with that. When Jesus died on the cross, that veil that that separated uh, the holy place from the holiest of holies, and and man, it was rent. In other words, it provided access for you and I to get in the most, the holiest of holies. That was the access we we don't have to have a priest. We don't have to have some other sacrifice once and for all. Jesus paid it all. And it, that's what it's talking about here. Then look at verse 21. And having an high priest over the house of God. That's none other than the Lord Jesus. Then verse 22. Let us draw near with a, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I'm glad we can rejoice in that too. Tells us we're to hold fast that profession, but he is the one that is faithful. But what I really want to hinge on, and of course this is verse number 24, 
getting ready to go into the year 2024, and I'm longing for more in 24, but there's some expectation that God has from his people. And these are real, this will be a real practical message. It's not like, man, I can't do this. I can't accomplish this because we can. But I want you to notice what the Lord said. And this is why I want this to be my focus in 24. I hope you will share my burden. I hope it will be uh, your burden in 2024. Look with me now. The Bible said, and let us. Who's that? That's the believers. That's those that's received that new and living way, the Lord Jesus Christ. Those that have been saved by faith. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Let's pray. Father, who bow God in your presence, Lord, again tonight, I say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the good singing we've heard. Lord, has ministered and blessed my heart, and I thank you for it. You have been wonderful. You have been good, and God, you've been good today, and I thank you for your word. Father, I ask, Lord, you'd help this feeble preacher now to lay out the message of the hour. God, help us as we endeavor to preach the things you place upon our heart as we enter into this new year. Lord, if you allow us to live and you tarry your coming, God, help us to be faithful in this area of business. Lord, we're going to look at tonight. We'll be careful, Lord, to give you thanks and give you praise for what you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You know, there's a lot of places in the Word of God. There's a lot of places in the Scripture where it talks about one another. There's some commands. There's some uh, things that are, that are given to you and I. I want to be faithful to what God's called me to do. Am I always faithful? Absolutely not. I strive to be, and I hope you'll strive to be as well as Paul uh, was aiming for that high prize. We ought to do the same thing. But there are several times in the Word of God where he says something about one another. And this is one of those phrases that we read about in verse number 24. It said, let us consider one Another, And I believe here he's talking to the household of faith, to believers, and we should consider one another. But if you go back and you look, you know, the Bible lets us know that we're to love one another, Brother Howell. For the Scripture said, 1 John three eleven, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that ye should love one another. I used that, I guess, when we were preaching on the thought of, um, I guess, church etiquette when we are still over in the gym. These are some principles that should be just as natural uh, to the child of God as it is a fish swimming around in the ocean. I mean, you don't have to teach a fish how to swim. It's in his nature. You don't have to teach a bird how to fly. It's in his nature uh, to fly. You don't have to teach a frog to hop and to go ribbit, ribbit, Sister Caitlin. It's just in his nature. You don't have to teach a hog to wall in mud, man. It's in his nature. I've often said you, you can go get you some dial soap and, and, you can, and shampoo and you can wash a fire out of that old hog and uh, you can put some perfume or cologne on it. You can put a bow in his hair. You can even put clothes on that thing, but he'll still be a pig at the end of the day. And there's just some things that he's going to do because it's in his Nature. Well, how in the world uh, can we love one another? It ought to be in our nature. It ought to be just as natural as that hog wallowing out in the mud. We that are born again, we've experienced the love of God. We ought to love one another. Not only did he say love one another, but he tells us to lie not one to another. In Colossians 3 and verse 9, it said, Love or lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. There's a lot of things God says about our relationship to one another. He said, speak not evil one of another. James 4 and verse 11, speak not evil one of another, brethren. So he's talking to believers. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a 
judge. So we're not to speak evil one of another. We're not to grudge not against one another. James 5 and verse 9 said, Grudge not one against another brethren, lest ye be condemned. condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Then the scripture tells us not to hate one another. Now, why would God tell us not to do these things if God didn't know it was going to be a problem for us? Amen. He said, hate not one another. Titus 3, verse 2 and 3, you can look at it. The Bible also says not to devour one another. How can you devour somebody? You can do it with your words. Amen. Galatians 5 and verse 15 said, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Then he tells us to forgive one another. Ephesians 4, 32, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Well, preacher, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Well, I got news for you. I didn't deserve to be forgiven. You didn't either, but as God has forgiven us, it's our responsibility to forgive one another. Can I get a witness right there? Also, God tells us we're to pray one for another. Well, thank God for that, that public altar that we have here. Well, thank God for the private altar. There's an exhaustive list in the back that Sister Jenny puts together of people that are on our prayer list. Sometimes we mention more that are added almost on a, every time we come together for service. Somebody else stands in need of prayer. And it's our responsibility to pray for one another. And listen, by the way, if you tell somebody you're praying for, please make sure you're going to do that. Amen. Pray one for another. We all got knees. James 5, 16 said, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. She tells us to do all these things one to another. I'm going somewhere with them. I'm coming back to Hebrews 10 in just a second. But he also tells us to edify one another. You know what edification means? Don't? That means to build up. You know, too many people, Brother Harold, are in the demolition business. We're in the construction business. Amen. We ought to construct and build folks up, not uh, in a demolition uh, deal and tear folks down. For the Bible lets us know that we're to edify in the book of Ephesians and to do that. Also, the Bible said we're to have compassion one of another, to have compassion on folks. For the Bible said in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, and be courteous. And that's something that God tells us as believers to do. He also tells us to use hospitality one to another. I've often made this statement, and what if everybody was as hospitable as I am? What if everybody was as hospitable as you are? What if everybody was as compassionate as me? What if everybody was as compassionate as you? It's something to think about. And God said we're to use hospitality one to another. And that word hospitality literally means fonds of, fond of guests. When's the last time a new member come in? We, I mean, a new person. We had one this morning. There's not many services go by on a Sunday morning where there's not a new person that comes in. How many times do you go out of your way to try to welcome them here? Now, I don't know. I don't watch who shakes somebody's hands. I don't watch who, who, who invites. But what if everybody was as hospitable as you are? That's something to think about. We're to show hospitality. For the Bible said in 1 Peter 4 and verse number 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. The Bible also said this, Brother Travis, to forbear one another. You know what that word forbear means, Brother Brandon? 
It literally means to put up with. <laughs> hey, sometimes, and God put that in there for us, sometimes you just got to put up with people. Amen. And we're to forbear one another. For the Bible said this, Colossians 3.13, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. The Bible also says we're to be subject one to another. What does that mean, to be subject? That means to be under obedience unto. It means to be in a subordinate uh, position. We don't like that. It sort of has to do with submission and subjection. But listen to what God said, First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Not with pride, not with arrogance, but we're to be clothed with humility. Why should I do that? Because the Word of God goes on to say, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I don't, wanna, I, I don't want God to resist me. I need God. You need God. But you better clothe yourself with humility and be subject one to another. The Bible also says we're to bear one another's burdens. A lot of times, again, a lot of death has come, a lot of circumstances, a lot of folks going through a lot of things this past year, a lot of folks going through some things. Right now, it's my responsibility as a child of God to help bear that burden, not only as a congregation here of faith, but individuals in here to try to help and to bear you up the best that I can, although I'm limited in what I can do, although you're limited in what you can do, ha having someone tangible, uh, just doing their part, being in their place, trying to bear somebody's burden along the way, that's our responsibility as children of God. God tells us to do it in Galatians 6 and verse number 2. He said, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Did you know the Christian life is a life of service to others? That's what it is. God saves us really to serve others, to be a witness, but it is a life of service. Well, a lot of folks need this. A lot of folks think this thing's all about me. It ain't about just me. It ain't just about you. It's a life of service, and it's about Him, H-I-M, the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're to bear one another's burdens. We're to comfort one another uh, as well. Of course, 1 Corinthians 4, 15, 2 Corinthians 1 lets us know that we're to do those things. We're to prefer one another better than ourselves. A lot of folks have a problem with that as well. Romans 12, verse number 10, it said, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. What does that mean? It means treating others better than yourself. Do we do that on a continual basis? Well, preacher, I didn't really do that in 2023. I'm longing for more in 2024 to prefer uh, others above myself again that has to do and that was that was the epitome of the lord jesus christ philippians 2 let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who who took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men i mean he he, he put others before himself and we think about that we're to prefer one another we're to have the same mind one to another romans 12 verse 15 and 16 rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. There's times when folks are rejoicing, we're called to rejoice with them. Then, Brother Travis, there's times when folks are weeping, we're called to weep with them, to be there in support in a life of service to help them. I hope we'll really focus on this in 2024. He goes on to say, Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. I, Think about this, we, we share burdens and we share blessings one 
uh, with another. But when a church, listen now, when a church decides it only wants a certain high class of people, they've missed the mark. Amen. We're to prefer others above ourselves, and we ought to have the same mind one to another. There's a lot of folks that are less fortunate than we are. We shouldn't look down our noses upon them. We ought to be there to help them. If they're rejoicing, we ought to rejoice with them. They're weeping, we ought to rejoice and weep with them. But understand, he also says we're to consider one another that we'll look at here in just a second. Then he tells us to exhort one another. That word exhort is literally encouragement. It's right after the verse we just read in Hebrews 10, 25. It said, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're to encourage folks to be in the assembly. We're to encourage folks to be around God's people because it'll help you in your Christian life. I think I hit the other night down uh, at the beach. You, you think about every time we come to the house of God, this is a place of instruction. The real ministry is on the outside. And I understand we get help in here. Man, our heart gets help and we get our, our batteries charged up. I get all that. But the true ministry is on the outside of these four walls and God's called us to do these things. But we're to exhort and to encourage one another along the way. But I, I want to focus tonight here in verse number 24 on this thing of, of considering one another. I want to read it again in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. This is Hebrews 10 verse number 24. And I'm longing for more in 2024. And I think about all these principles that I've listed. I want to work on all these. And man, I am a work in progress. Believe me. But here on considering one another, what does it mean to consider? It literally means to fully observe. What are we considering? What did the Bible say? Consider one another. You know what that means? I'm to consider Brother Harold. Brother Harold's to consider me. I'm to consider Brother Brandon. Brother Brandon is to consider me. Everywhere you look around, we're to consider one another to fully observe with careful estimation. Place It means to place a genuine interest in. You know what really makes a difference in the lives of these kids? Somebody puts a general interest in them. Amen. They know that. They know when people are generally interested in them. It literally means to get below the surface. And that's what we should do. We should consider one another. What should we consider, preacher? Consider their character. We're talking about believers down people in general. We're to consider their character, their conduct, their history, their habits, their position, their abilities, and their needs. Again, too many times we make the Christian life about me, but it ought to be about others because Christian life is a life of service that we serve others, but we'll never serve them if we don't first consider them. Does that make sense? We'll never serve fully until we learn to consider one another. We should consider others more and consider ourselves less. And I know that's a hard thing for a lot of us, and that's what we ought to do. We ought to consider one another's weaknesses, considers one another's strengths, temptations, trials, successes, and failures. And when they fall, it's not a matter of, uh, 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 of if, but when. People are going to fall around us. What are we going to do? Are you going to kick them while they're down, or are you going to help restore them and pick them up? What are we going to do? 
Well, I've always just uh, just made this thing. I can't believe they've done that. I'd never do that. Be careful saying that. We've all you've heard me say that a lot. But understand, people are going to fall. What we're going to do? We ought to consider them. That's what we ought to do. Be be quick to to help raise them up and restore them. But when we consider one another, we're really investing in the lives of others. And, and I thought about this. And I jotted this down. We ought to look more, brother Harold, on people's potential than their problems. Now, I want to say that again. This will help you if you get it. If you're longing for more in 24, you get these principles, it'll help you. Now, some folks probably done blowed me off and said, well, I'm going to do my own thing, and that's cool. You can do whatever you want to do, but I'm just giving you what God gave me, and this is areas i got to work on, and we ought to consider one another. Don't consider all their problems. Consider the potential that they have. You say, man, that little fella, he's loud. Yeah, but, man, he could be a great asset to that youth choir. Amen. He runs around a lot. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah, he could have a lot of energy toward the Lord. You think about that crowd out there that everybody else gave up on. I'm telling you, don't look at their problems, look at their potential. I can still remind you that the Lord Jesus Christ is still changing lives. He's changed me. He's changed others. People that are sitting in here, you wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for the life-changing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, we don't need to look at just the problems because problems are many, but there's also many that have got that potential. Somebody has got something to offer for the cause of Christ. It might seem insignificant to us, but let's don't look as we consider one another. Don't consider all the problems because all of us got some. Amen. Let's look for the potential that we have to work together as cohesion and in unity for the cause of Christ. We think about this. Why should we consider one another? Well, God told us to, but look at the last part of that verse. He said, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's why we're to, to consider one another, to provoke one another. Ain't that what it says? Under love and two good works. So listen, love, there's several things I could say about that. Love is the fountain of all beautiful works and deeds. That is that foundation. When we consider one another and we provoke, and that word provoke literally means to produce a, genuine, a generous rivalry amongst one another founded on Love. Think about this. We, a lot of folks say, oh, I've always loved God. That ain't so. We love Him because He first loved us. And that should be the foundation of all that we do. But that which is done selfishly or grudgingly or in the spirit of a hireling, what is that with that uh, obligation mentality? There's no goodness and there's no beauty. There's no love behind that. It stinks, by the way. But as we consider one another... We ought to provoke one another unto love and good works. Well, who are some folks that we need to consider? We ought to consider everybody. But there's about a list of about 10 that I've laid out here that I want to share. And as we go in uh, to 2024, I hope we'll sort of be laser-like. And you don't have to look far to find folks like this that you and I ought to try to consider. Well, who should we consider to provoke unto love and good works? Well, first of all, I'd say this. We ought to consider the wounded. There's many around us that are wounded. 
What do you mean wounded? I'm talking about physically. Man, we got a lot of folks that's hurting. We've had people that's had surgeries. We got other sicknesses and different things. And if the Lord tarries, there's other uh, procedures right on the horizon. We move into January and then February. And if the Lord tarries, there's going to be other things that we don't even know about right now that's coming on the horizon if we're able to live. There's going to be some problems that are going to come. But we ought to consider those that are wounded, that have physical issues not only physical issues but some folks have got some some mental issues i mean they struggle in that department somebody has got to consider them and to provoke unto love and to good works god tells us to do that and man i want to be more compassionate 2024 i'm still a work in progress all of us are but i'm longing for more in 2024 to look for folks that are wounded you don't have to look far at all uh, I, I mean they're 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 everywhere Folks that are wounded, not only those that are wounded, we should consider them, but we should consider the weary as well. There's many that are weary all around us, weary, and uh, you could say worn out with the struggles of life, have got them down. If you don't believe me, you just talk to them a little while, man, and people are weary. A lot of folks don't see any hope in this world, and I tell you, you look at the political environment, you look at the social environment, you look at the moral environment, I mean, there ain't a whole lot of hope in that, but I'm glad my hope ain't in all that. I'm glad my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you look around, there are folks that are weary and wounded that God calls us to consider. Am I going to make a difference in somebody's life tomorrow? Am I going to make a difference in somebody's life today if I live in 2024? Am I going to make a difference? Are you going to make a difference? We're going to have to learn to focus and to look. You don't have to look far. There's needs all around us. Folks are wounded. Folks are weary. Not only that, folks that we think about our widows. We got uh, several widows in our church. Uh, and, and within our church family, there's folks that come that are not members yet. They're a widow. And you know what? Most of us go home. We've got a spouse. We've got our, some of you got your children. Oh, this has been a transition year for a lot of our parents. Some of them have uh, they've got the empty nest syndrome and different things. But you still got a spouse to look forward to. You think about our widows. They go home to an empty house. We ought to be considerate. Uh, then this past year, we tried to do a little, uh, little, little more for our widows with some breakfasts and lunches. And, and listen, we're going to do that again, hopefully this coming uh, month in January for our widows. But we want to be a blessing unto them because they're a blessing to us. But we want to be considerate of them and consider them and provoke them unto love and to good works. But we got to look. Who should I look for, preacher? Just look for the wounded. You ain't got to look far. Look for the weary. You ain't got to look far. Just look for the widow that... When we leave and depart here in just a little bit, they're going home to an empty house. Let's consider uh, them. Also the worn out, those who labor for the cause of Christ unrelenting. We ought to consider them. Consider that Sunday school teacher that stands and prepares and gets that lesson ready. Consider those that work back there in, in the sound room. Consider those that work with our kids and our van drivers and, and our kids on Wednesday night, our, our choir members, just anybody doing anything for God. Just consider them. You ought to provoke them unto, good, uh, unto love and good works. But listen, we ought to consider the worn out that they're continually over and over again, unrelenting, laboring for the cause of Christ. We ought to consider them. Give them, say, hey, I pray. And it ain't about a pat on the back, but y'all let our crowd that, that serve faith, y'all let them know that you appreciate them, not just once a year or, or once every six months. Y'all to do that. Let's be more focused on that because there's many that are worn out, maybe just needing that word of encouragement that we need to consider. Consider the workers. Sort of goes along the, the same lines. They invest 
in the work of God. Can I say this? There's no small work in the cause of Christ. No. Think about Brother uh, Jamie sitting back there at the back and several others that greet. And man, that's a vital part of what we do here at Faith Community Baptist Church. I think about our little kids, and I think about our senior adults, our middle-aged folks. There's a lot of folks that pull a lot of strength. There's folks over here that everybody disappears when, 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 the, when the eating's done and all the fun's gone. You got several over there, and most times the same ones over there rolling up their sleeves, and they're cleaning up. They're emptying trash. They're doing this and doing that. Thank God for people like that. But let's, let's consider those that work for the cause of Christ, again, no small jobs, no small tasks in, in the armies of God. What about the wayward, those that have went astray or those that used to serve, but they don't serve like they used to? You don't have to look far for that either. The way we, we ought to consider them, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we might be in the same shape that they are, but we ought to consider the wayward to provoke them uh, to, to, to love and to good works. What about the weeping? Had a lot of folks whose hearts are broken this Christmas season. First time that they had Christmas without a son or a daughter or without a husband or without a wife or without a mom or a dad. And uh, there's a lot of folks that are weeping. Boy, we ought, to, we ought to consider that. A lot of hearts broken. A lot of hearts shattered. I mean, my heart just goes out to the Brown family. And it goes out to anybody when a loved one's passed. But you take somebody that young, it's difficult and it's hard to grasp to take in. And, man, we got to consider that crowd and try to be compassionate toward them. But just look at the weeping, look at the warring. Those, this sort of goes along with the Christian worker and the worn out as well. But those that are constantly on the front line, man, you ought to consider uh, them as well uh, that labor for the cause of Christ. What about the worried? A lot of folks that are worried, fretting about things. You don't have to look far. Just listen to the conversation, and they'll tell you what they're fretting about. They'll tell you what they're worried about. And a lot of times, there's things we can't even do anything about. Brother Brand, I remember, and I seen that years ago with that survey, 95% of the things we worry about never come to pass. But we still fret about it, don't we? We sure do. We fret, and uh, we worry about things. And you ain't got to look far, but we ought to consider those. Don't just say, well, they ought to know better than that. They, they ought to know better than worry and fret. We ought to consider them. Amen. And to provoke them unto love and to good works. Well, what about the whisper? <laughs> Those has got that tongue about a mile long. Amen. They trip over their own tongue. Backbite. We ought to consider them. You say, well, they should know better. And they probably do. But we ought to consider them. And to provoke them unto love and to good works and i guess what we shouldn't do is put obstacles in front of others we ought to try to be a blessing unto them don't just look at the problems everybody's got because everybody's got problems like the nose on your face man we all got some problems we ought to look for the potential but god can use me and god can use you to do more in 2024 but it's up to me and it's up to you i mean before we ever hit our feet ever hit the floor um on that morning if god allows us to see that day God will put somebody in front of us if you ask for it. But we can look for these types of people, and there's others, but we ought to look for the wounded. We ought to look for the weary. We ought to look for the widow and the worn out, the worker, the wayward, and the weeping, the warring, the worried, and the whisper. But you know what? Uh, people's got problems, but people have certainly potential as well. But in 2024, as Sister Savannah comes, this verse just sort of sort of hinged on me. Lord spoke to my heart again about it as I go in. Again, the Bible says a lot about some things, but what we should do one with another. Yeah, it talks about 
a lot of things to love one another, to lie not one to another, speak not evil one of another, hate not one another, devour not one another. We ought to forgive one another. We ought to pray one for another, edify one another. Again, God hadn't called us into the demo, demolition uh, services. We're in the construction business to build folks up, not to tear them down. God tells us to do that, have compassion one of another, to have hospitality toward people. We ought to try to do that, forbear one another, again, to put up with. I think God put that in there for a reason. There's something all you can do is just sort of put up with folks. But we're to forbear one another. Be subject one to another. Bear one another's burdens. Comfort one another. Preferring one another. Same mind one toward another. Consider one another and exhorting one another. But I want to consider more in 2024 than I have. You don't have to look far. There's a co-worker you work with that if they die in the condition they're in, they're going to die and they're going to go to hell. Some of you got some family. That if they die in the condition that they're in right now, they're going to a place called hell. Well, can I really make a difference, preacher? Absolutely we can. But we've got to learn to consider one another. To get below the surface. To put a genuine interest in. Boy, I want God to help me, 2024, to consider more and to provoke unto love and to good works. Let's stand all over the house, Father. I love you, and I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege, Lord, to share your word tonight. And God, I've done my very best to empty the message of the air. And God, you know I need help in this area, these areas, not just one, but all these areas I need help in, Lord. Would you help me to have more compassion? Lord, help me to be more considerate about those that are weary and wounded, even our widows and those that are worn out, those that are weeping, those just got problems all around. Sometimes we magnify the problem, Lord, when we ought to magnify the potential that that individual's got. Lord, there may be somebody on somebody's mind that maybe they've gave up on. Lord, I'm glad you didn't give up on us. Lord, help us. Lord, to reach out in compassion and consideration, to get below the surface, to make a difference in the lives of those around us. Lord, I know it'll make a difference. Help me to be all you want me to be, and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus of Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. 
We all will leave this world someday. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, and if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8.1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here 
And may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.